Hi, I'm Curtis Herbert. I'm Alice Zhao. And I'm Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly. And this is Independence, a show where the three of us chat about our efforts to make a living. Usually on the App Store. That's that's where most of us make our living. Usually. Usually, yeah. We, we, <laughs> yeah. we have side hustles. We've had a popular request for a show topic for, I don't know, a year or two at this point. People want to know growth hacking. So I thought it was finally time we didn't do an episode on that. <laughs> and instead, I want to talk more about the idea of intentional growth. And I think there'll be a little bit of growth hacking in here. But it's something I've really been focusing on for the last couple months uh, when I've been you know, having my existential crises with do I do Android or not and all that kind of stuff. The idea of looking at my product through do I want to grow now? Do I not want to grow now? Is this something I'm willing to take on in the name of growth? Is this something that I'm not willing to take on? That idea of being very intentional and programmatic about how and when you grow your product versus just, you know, either letting it just happen naturally or throwing all your resources at it. Because I think it's something you have to pay attention to, just like monetization or feature bloat or anything else. It's something that you have to keep an eye on to make sure that your product is being healthy kind of in that growth arena, right? Right. I mean, you don't make money from no users. So you have to bring them in somehow. You have to you have to grow the product and growing the product is bringing in new people, new users, and then holding on to them for everything you've got. So <laughs> tying them up and throwing them in the basement? Uh, oh, man, Curtis, no? you always go in that direction. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> how, how do you think my recurring user rate is so high? <laughs> They're all in your basement. Oh, God. Let them out. Let them stay in snowboard. <laughs> They're only allowed out in the winter. <laughs> that is helpful. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, it's not. You are going to get some word of mouth and stuff like that. But usually you do have to be intentional and at least keep an eye on it. Um, and it's a spectrum. So I wanted to start off with like when you two are thinking about growth or how much you want to focus on it, stuff like that, like what are kind of your goals? How much do you want to focus on it? Like how important is it to you? How does that work into your processes? So this might be a bit of a cop-out answer, but I feel like my overall goals with growth isn't really even growth. It's just survival. Maintaining the plateau we seem to be <laughs> at for the last. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, we're not we're not decreasing in sales. We're just not growing a ton. But that doesn't mean we're not getting new users. It's growth to stay where we are. It's enough growth to offset the churn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Still growth. But that's not necessarily a bad move. And that's, I think, why I was kind of saying intentional growth is because right now would be a terrible time for you to really, really focus on growth and go crazy with that, right? Yeah, at this point, all we have out is the current Gus on the Go, which is supposed to be not sunsetted, but ignored once we have our new app that has all the languages in it together. And until mm -hmm. that is even close to being ready, or even, you know, as we talked about in the last episode, several months, <laughs> of, you know, before we're ready to launch, um, we're not even there, I don't think. So right now, anything that I'm working on is towards just maintaining that lovely plateau. Yeah, and focusing on the next product. Yes. Yeah. Which I think is a legitimate strategy. Honestly, I, I mean, I'm also coming from somewhat of a plateau. I, like, I think Gifwrapped continues to get downloads, but doesn't really... I haven't seen any explosion in growth for a while. Usually that happens sort of around new features and the randomest of 
you know, people talking about it and stuff. But at this point in time, like my my growth, I wouldn't call it intentional. It's sort of accidental. <laughs> um, accidental. I like that one better. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that for the most part, it offsets the churn. Like it offsets the people who are dropping the app. And it's possible that a lot of the people that are jo- like that are picking up the app are trying it out and finding that it's not working for them, which is more of a retention issue, which is a different topic for a different podcast, I think. But I got to say, I don't really focus a lot on growth so much. I definitely, it, it factors into the stuff that I do. It certainly factors into like the choices that I make and what I decide to do with features and stuff like that. See past episodes that we've talked about that stuff. But I can't say that I've done anything that's just like, yeah, I want to do this because growth. Yeah, I I definitely haven't subscribed myself to any like crazy growth hacking or anything like that. It's uh, I think I'm a little bit more intentional than you, Jelly, uh, but I'm certainly to some degree accidental, <laughs> for lack of a better word, or what they would probably call word of mouth growth. Actually, no, I mean, maybe... Uh, Maybe I'm a lot more intentional than you. I would say. (laughs) When Slopes 1.0 came out, I put a price tag on it up front, partially because that's how you ship software, you know, the old golden age of software. But also partially I knew that that would limit my growth and that early on Slopes 1.0 having put honestly a couple full-time months into it over the course of a year, maybe a little less than that. Like I knew the 1.0 features weren't going to be enough to have a free and a paid version. Like it it needed to be able to grow in features first before I could really do anything and go free and be crazy and do subscriptions or anything like that. Like I really needed to actually prevent growth so I could kind of grow the audience and really grow the product and get to understand the space. And I feel like that's something that worked out really well for me. And it's something that the web side of businesses, software as a service, they do really well with like cultivating the initial 100 users or the first 10 users and like really crafting the product around that. And I find that's a lot harder in the app store because just anyone can stumble upon your app and people aren't Googling around for SaaS products to try out today because they're bored in the line at Starbucks. Like, But they will just go ahead and just try and look for apps. Um, so that's that did, I think, help me initially um, just to kind of get in the way of my own growth in some ways. Yeah, I would say that any getting in the way of my own growth has also been accidental. I think this is a core thing to being indie though. And I think this is a core thing to when you've got somebody coming into building an app and trying to become an all-in-one sort of team of marketing and developing and... Voltron. Yeah, (laughs) yep. You're going to be the terrible cardboard Voltron, though. That's the truth of indie life. You're not going to be that nice plastic Voltron that's over there that you bought in the 80s that's still in mint condition. No, no, no. The people who try and become like, you know, Halloween costumes that are made out of cardboard. Okay, okay. That's your level of Voltron that you're going to achieve, dear indie aspirational person. You've got to start somewhere with cosplay if you want to start. <laughs> like cardboard is a great introduction oh, to it cosplay. Oh, it is. But I think the, 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 to the point, as an indie, as a person who is coming to, a, to the, the development of an app, with maybe one or two of the required skills under your belt you're going to make a lot of mistakes and like one of those things tends to be growth (laughs) and 
it, it's not just about deciding to grow and being intentional about growth. It's about understanding the ramifications on growth of the things that you do. Mm-hmm. And part of being intentional about growing or being <laughs> intentional about not growing is understanding that putting a price tag, like a, making it paid up front, is going to in, like inhibit growth that introducing certain features is going to encourage growth. There's the stuff that's obvious. There's the like, you know, adding links and doing referrals and stuff like that, that it's really obvious that like that is going to be, that is going to make waves. But then like there's the stuff that's not necessarily obvious, which is like there is a feature that your app has. Uh, let's say that it, you know, downloads GIFs from Twitter and people just like to talk about it. It it doesn't really make sense thinking about it before this has all happened that this like you know that, that that's going to cause growth, but somehow there you are like that's that's you know that happens and it, it can be difficult to be intentional from the get go. It comes from trial and error, and it comes from sitting down and actually looking at the stuff that you've done and determining why why have I gotten growth out of this. And I don't necessarily know that I'm super there yet. No, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure growth hackers are, but I don't think any of us are, and that's fine. And yeah, it can be hard to judge a feature, how it's going to actually affect your growth. But at least brainstorming ahead of time about how it could impact things, positively or negatively, and all that kind of stuff, Like, I think that's a good first step for anyone. Is And that's more what I mean by intentional. Like, not necessarily I'm going to sit down and grow my product's user base by 100% over the next year and here's how I'm going to get there. I think that's great. That's ambitious. Please do that. But that's like step 10. I think step one is just starting with looking at what you're doing with your app and just trying to look at everything through the lens of growth and how it will affect your growth, positive, negative, net neutral, whatever. Um, And not necessarily planning around it, but just starting to become aware of it. Just like you would be aware of spinning up another server is going to cost you an extra 10 bucks a month. You're acutely aware of that without even thinking about it. And growth should kind of become on that same playing field, I think. Uh, Maybe a little less important than money, but I think certainly pretty important. Yeah. I think I have a good story for you guys. Do you? Go for it. Story. Story (laughs) time. time. Story time. (laughs) Story time. So while I say I'm currently not thinking about growth so much i can't i can't remember what year it was i think it was 2013 or 2014 back when we thought we could still make millions off of this and we had applied to imagine k-12 and that's the educational version of y combinator okay of course yeah and i was like i know we're gonna do we're gonna just say we're gonna we're gonna project that we're gonna make millions off this and that'll get their attention and that worked i think partially and then uh we had an interview with some of the founders and we, so we talked about what our growth has been like. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like every couple months we're up 10%. And then immediately they pointed out, is it because that you've been releasing new languages every couple months? And I'm like, oh, right, yeah. So that's my growth hacking story. <laughs> just just more languages. More products. That was, I mean, that was the original idea is that we just keep putting out new languages kind of a copy paste but it's legitimate it's new languages we have a new footprint we have more people looking for us in different languages and it it worked for 
the time. And now Apple's like, no, thank you. <laughs> well, what do you do when you run out of languages? Do you invent new languages to sell? You can't. There's so many. I think there is a limited number of, I think that's a limited resource on this planet is the number of languages. Perhaps <laughs> if I hit like 2,000, maybe. Okay. Yeah, but at least some of those aren't necessarily going to be <laughs> spoken that's either. True. Yeah, that's a long tail of like it getting anyone to actually want to, you know, speak the language. <laughs> so you two kind of alluded to stuff that you've done in the past. I wanted to just swing in really quick with a couple things I've tried. So for me, like share cards, you know, that's something that I saw other fitness apps doing. Uh, so that was something I did right after I went free because um, it was reasonably easy to do, fun. And I never went crazy with them. I never like optimized them like hell or anything like that. I've tweaked them over the years to make them at least have better branding because for the longest time, the little track twist slopes was really tiny in the corner. And now it's at least you can read it. But, but that was a that was a change that you made in order to improve yes. growth from that thing. So yeah, that, correct. That is legitimate. Yeah. No. And yeah, but I did. It was good because I started with these share cards just because I thought they would work pretty well for growth. And then I could measure and see how often people were using them. And they were actually really popular with my users. So then I spent the time going back to them to improve them a little bit. And I have some ideas for this fall how I might improve them with some of the other new features that are coming out so it's kind of like you were saying jelly like you need to kind of experiment and throw some stuff out there and see what sticks and this is one of those features that I was intentionally launching with the idea of it hopefully growing to some form although I didn't I, you know I was realistic I didn't think it would be viral or anything crazy I just figured like hey it's a good way to encourage word of mouth, basically, which is growth. It also fit really naturally into your type of app. Yeah, I people love to brag about their share. stats. Yeah. 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 Another one I did that I think worked really well was riding on the coattails of Apple. So when they launched the watch, I mean, that fitness app, there was no way to miss that boat that I would have been an idiot. So, you know, I just rode that as hard as I could. And I think finding marketing opportunities that you can kind of co-op and ride and kind of let them do some of the growth for you and you can leech off of them is a very good strategy because you kind of get a free narrative, a free story, a free reason for users to seek you out. Um, and then you just need to do everything you can to like make sure that you do a good job there. That's actually what I've been doing this year. So the story is I saw that we were mentioned in a Forbes article and that was completely completely unexpected and the people that mentioned us were um, this couple that created a subscription box for kids and each box was themed around a different country um, and it just seemed like a great fit um, to insert something like a language card and so I reached out to them and they were more than happy to work with me and I've been working with them for the last year and so every two months I create a new language card for the next theme and it, it sounds a little selfish, but yeah, I, I am totally riding their coattails because they are putting all this effort into launching their product. They're getting written up in all these different places. They're on TV. And here I am. I, I get to ride along, you know, yeah. and I had a couple more additional write ups because of them. And they, you know, in, in some way, I think they were just sort of returning the favor as well, because I, I provide the, I make the cards and I also provide it for them like on us. And so they they in turn talk about us every everywhere they go, and I'm like, I'll I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that's a, another aspect of growth is not necessarily changing your product itself, but just marketing. You know, you find a channel that works really well for you, and you tweak the ever living hell out of it to get that conversion rate up. And 
you're basically not doing the tweaking so much, but getting that for free. Like you're including your product and you're getting a big marketing channel with minimal effort. And that's really great for marketing. Going to where the people are that would be interested in your product. Yeah. 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 And I mean, they are the ideal or next to ideal customers that they weren't necessarily looking for a language app, but they are really interested in learning about another culture. And so with the language card, it's a great way to market the fact that there are apps and they're really pretty. I think they're cute. (laughs) It also pushes me to create other content and it all falls in line, I think, to the new stuff we're building in, um, you know, Super Gus that's coming up. So I'm able to do the marketing as well as think creatively um, for the upcoming content. It works well in many different forms. <laughs> so what about growth hacking? Do you either of you two subscribe to it or have you toyed around with that? Or do you even have the resources to toy around with that? I don't have the time. Yeah. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> I, I also sort of feel a bit gross about it. I know that it's a term that's like, it tends to come from the marketing side of things. And I totally get that it's mostly just about really focusing on the various sort of knobs and sliders that you can adjust in order to maximize the heck out of your growth. But it also sounds sort of gross. And so I sort of avoid it. Yeah, well, it's like it's like the marketing word for indies sometimes, like that idea of buying advertising or spending time on marketing or like emails, sending emails for our, uh, app developers. It certainly comes off as scammy, I think, to us because we do see so many bad actors. Yeah, and, and a lot of the time where you do see it being put into play, it, it tends to be done and then like, Later on, you find out that that company is sort of gross and they've been making terrible, you know, judgment calls on stuff. And it's just, and so it sort of gets messed up in that. And not to mention the fact that like hacking as a general term tends to be related to like tricking people and not necessarily what hacking really is, which is just like taking swipes at stuff (laughs) and having a go and making changes and like hacking away at something. It's it's just one of those things that I guess I've tend to have avoided the term and therefore tend to avoid any of the strategies that's a sort of part of that. But presumably there are good sides to it too. <laughs> I think so. I definitely view it as kind of a privilege where you kind of need resources to back that up. Like, you know, in my mind, growth hacking is you have an engineer and a designer and they're working together and they're dedicated to like, okay, we're going to tweak the landing page. And they're just constantly A-B testing, working at it, and legitimately doing good work and not trying to trick consumers in a ideal world here. Most companies don't necessarily follow that. And they're just focused on that for however long they need to. And they do that for each step, each page, whatever part of the process they need to, or come up with new ideas. Um, Like Hotmail, adding the Hotmail.com link to the bottom of all their sent emails. Like that ended up making their growth explosive back in the day, back in the 90s. Like that's what got them going. Mm. And just simple things like that, having marketers and designers and developers all together working together, I think is where I always envisioned it more like a hack day type of idea. Like you're going to lock yourselves in a room for eight hours and work on growth. Not necessarily the nefarious terminology, but I think unfortunately a lot of bigger companies that just care about growth for the sake of growth kind of worship growth hacking. And that has given it some seedy underbelly. Yeah. I mean, I think it can start out 
with really good intentions and it can start out with this idea that like we're going to make changes in order to bring growth about and they're not going to be nefarious or anything like that they're just going to be like let's tweak this copy so that it brings the most users in or like like let's change this button but then like it starts to become nefarious when you start to make changes that are dark patterns yeah and introducing dark patterns sometimes starts out with like the best of intentions and it it can be stuff that's as simple as we make the button to like to avoid all of this really tiny and gray and hard to see and we make the one that continues you on like right. and you know takes you down our success path quote, uh, quote unquote make that really big and bright and colorful and that's the one that you're going to tap on and like that stuff can be done in the terms of like we're going to do this in order to grow the product and you can look at it from that aspect and it just seems fine like it just seems fine totally fine all good here but I think that you've got to be careful if you're going down that path of really tweaking the stuff and making these changes. I would be very careful about not crossing over into the like into dark patterns in order to make growth happen because in the end that's not going to serve you necessarily very well. And it might be fine for some big company to get away they, they might get away with that. And they might have growth that is high enough or a user base that is high enough that it doesn't matter. They just, people are just going to come and use the product anyway. But odds are, if you are an indie and you're thinking about how do I grow my product, you want to avoid dark patterns because they're only going to turn around and bite you in the end. That sounds like when you choose bad metrics. Yeah. And then you build towards those metrics, right? Is that the same thing? Well, yeah. If you're, if you're chasing growth, and that becomes like your holy grail metric. And yeah. you'll do anything for it. Right. Yeah. I think you need to balance it with ethics in software. And that's what you're getting into, Jelly. Like you can't follow growth at the cost of everything else. You have to be able to say, you know what? That's not a line I'm willing to cross for the sake of growth. Yeah. I, I think that you got to balance your growth with other aspects of your business. For me, that's like I want to do right by my existing users as much as I want to grow. Right. So I'm going to make choices that are going to benefit, you know, my existing users or at least not cause problems for them or like do nasty things or like, you know, capturing information mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I don't know. Like there, there's, yeah. a, there's a bunch of like sort of arenas that you could end up in by just following the growth. And I would rather like limit the the amount of growth that I'm that I'm getting and also be like ethical about how I'm getting that growth rather than just 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 go for go for gold on that growth and get like as many users in like who cares that what the ramifications are. Yeah, I feel like I'm perhaps the anti-growth hacker. <laughs> I go about everything in like the slow way. And what I mean is that if I reach out to someone, it's because I genuinely think they would benefit from this product and but and because I I am the target market, I'm coming as a fellow mom and saying, "Hey, I built this thing. You know, this might be helpful." Yeah. And I don't typically when I even when I send it out or send an email out, I don't do it expecting anything in return. If something comes up naturally, I'll introduce an idea, kind of like the uh, language card in the subscription box business. But usually, it's just I feel like because it, it comes from a genuine place, it never feels slimy. It's definitely slow, not super recommended for other people who are trying to grow the heck. But that's just how I, I think that's just how I am. I like to build relationships mm. and not just users. 
Doesn't that make me sound super cool? It does. <laughs> I think something similar I've done too is like I've purposely tried to not grow too fast because I don't want to do the things I would have to do to get explosive growth three mm-hmm. years ago and get me much further along my trajectory than I am today at the sacrifice of a good product. Like I'm sitting very healthy now. I kind of played the long game, but I'm sitting very healthy now with users that really love slopes. And I've been doing that by tweaking growth things along the way, but not going like, oh, I have to growth half this thing like crazy. Because I think you're kind of right, Alice. It feels more like a short term thing that maybe if you're a certain kind of app, you need it. Like I could see Airbnb since you have to saturate a market or a certain city with enough that people will sign up or, you know, some kind of like, I don't know, something where you need network effects, something like that. Like I could see why growth hacking is more appealing over there. But I think us indies, we're usually not playing in that arena. We don't have the resources for it. And if we got that explosive growth, our servers would crumble and we'd be crying. Like we we can't handle that yeah. sudden exponential growth all at once. Yeah, explosive growth can be difficult because it comes... That sounds like something the- you should see your doctor about. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some explosive yes. growth with this tumor. It's really not good. Sure. But it definitely comes to the cost of like causing problems and like it doesn't matter what arena you're in if you're starting out small and suddenly grow not everything is able to keep up i mean even like even curtis you have in your five and a half now years maybe six years coming up on the sixth birthday in two months so six years of of doing slopes yeah and it's been a sort of constant gradual growth you've run into situations where you've had to like make decisions about like where is my business going now and like what do i do now that i'm at sort of this level of like of you know having users and the this amount of like resources and stuff like that when all of that happens in a short amount of time that can be problematic because all of a sudden you've got to make these decisions and you don't really have any time to sort of pause and think about it. Yeah, because you're busy triaging everything that's breaking around you because all of a sudden you have a million users. Yeah, I I would suggest that explosive growth is not a good thing. And in fact, that the more gradual growth is the more healthy growth overall, despite what (laughs) VCs might tell you. I think that's the beauty of being an indie. Well, that's because they're looking for the unicorns that they need that level of growth. They're looking for different stuff. And this is why in the past, when we've talked about what we can learn from startups, there is always a level of sort of disconnect between startups and indies in that most indies, or at least, the indies that I purport to be and that I think the two of you purport to be, we're not looking to please VCs and to extract the most money that we can out of our products. We're looking for long-term health and yeah. long-term uh, something that is going to continue to bring us joy and to continue to bring us money in the long term, not wait, just wait, in wait. like a short-term period. Wait, wait, wait. Joy? How's that latest gift wrap update going for you there with that bug there, Jelly? Would oh, you describe that as don't joy? Even, don't even talk to me about that. <laughs> don't even talk to me about that. So, Jelly, I think you set this question up accidentally very well earlier when you were talking about accidental growth. And I, I think I've certainly along the way made some mistakes. And accidentally stumbled upon ways that I was holding myself back 
and didn't realize it until well after the fact and then was able to correct for it. So, for example, to kick off this part of the discussion, for me, uh, I really I had held out on social features for a long time and because I kind of wanted to crack how I could do it the slopes way. But I really, I think, started to realize in February and March of what year is it? 2019. Yeah. In February and March of 2019, that the lack of social was actually holding me back. One of my competitors hasn't updated their app in a year. They're just gone. They've pivoted and they had leaderboards and some social and stuff like that. And people were coming to slopes, but they were definitely missing that ability to have the communal aspect there. Yeah. And that really forced me to reconsider and to look at it through a different lens that like, okay, you know, maybe adding social people would say is a growth hack and, you know, would get me viral or whatever. But I started to look at it as, you know what, the lack of this feature is actually holding me back. And if I can find a way that this fits within my product and I can feel proud that it fits within my product, I should dedicate the resources to that because right now I'm losing out on a lot of people because I'm missing this core feature. And then that led me to Android because I realized if I have social, but I don't have Android, a lot of people are going to pass me up because Mm -hmm. they can't be social with their friends on the platform. So like looking at that and kind of realizing what I was leaving on the table by not going down a path got me to at least, again, be intentional about the growth. Like I can be okay not shipping social as long as I'm okay with leaving those users to another app. Like that's, again, being very intentional. It's like I'm giving up this growth and I need to be comfortable with that. But it's important to look at features or lack of features based on that and balance it. So what about you two? Like what mistakes have you realized that you've made that might have been holding you back in the past? Oh, man. Or feel free to mention any mistakes you realize in the middle of this podcast as a light bulb goes off. So many mistakes. So if you recall my great story about growth hacking back in 2013 or 14, it's probably the same reason why we have some of our issues today in developing new features. Because we expanded, we have you know 28 to 30 apps on each platform, and it became a chore to want to create a new feature even or even improve it because that would mean inevitably we have to update every single one and apple doesn't make it like super easy to do that right now so no it would it took a lot for us to want to even fix bugs too and so it gave us the giant growth hack that we wanted really not at all but at the same time it like stopped us in our tracks later on so hopefully with this new integrated app that's that's going to be the freedom we've been looking for is that we can just iterate on the features and improve it and not just constantly add language. I mean, we'll do that too because we're growth hackers, but feeling free to just um, improve the features more frequently. Well, it's, you know, chasing the right kind of growth, I guess, because obviously there's going to be different types of, in in your case anyway, there's going to be different kinds of growth because adding new languages is going to add a different kind of growth to adding new features. Like adding new content, brings people in that wanted that new content. So in the case of like, you know, adding, I don't know, Klingon. Kapla. Indeed. I thought it was um with a cha, like chapla. I don't actually know the answer to that, but I thought that's what it was. I don't I don't know actually know any Klingon and we're gonna <laughs> like by going down this path we're going to further deviate from the actual point. <laughs> but adding new languages is going to definitely it's gonna grow your product because you're going to add all those Klingons. But you're not necessarily going to continue to grow the 
product after that. You'll have an initial rush and it's basically that initial rush that you would get from just deploying a new product. But then continuing to grow that product, continuing to bring in the Klingons, so to speak, is uh, something that you've got to... It's a different kind of growth that you've got to that you've got to sort of deal with. So, Jelly, what regrets do you have about what you've done with Gift Wrapped? Because <laughs> you can't just get away with agreeing with Alice. You've got to have your own answer here. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. And I think this is kind of throwing back to what I was saying right at the beginning with the accidental growth stuff that you alluded to. A lot of intentional growth comes down to understanding what you're doing and understanding the ramifications of the things that you do on your growth. And I can certainly look at, for instance, features that have caused growth. And at least in retrospect, I can look at them and say, yeah, okay, I can see why that is a thing that has done that. But I I mean, I haven't ever seen a, like a massive reduction in growth. So I like... I guess the only thing that really applies is that I've made mistakes and caused crashes. <laughs> That's led to like a down surge. Is that a word in growth? If you want to continue to grow past the whatever plateau you're on, you have to put time into it. And that is probably the biggest mistake that I've made in that time is that I've just gotten lax about my growth and I've just sort of let it happen and if I want to continue to grow and to continue to see growth from my product it's something that I've actually got to spend time on. So would you say that you actually have to be intentional about your growth then? (laughs) Interesting that you would say that Curtis but yes yes I would have to be intentional. Wonderful wonderful. Very good and on that we're gonna wrap the episode (laughs) folks. Hopefully that uh, scratches some of your all itches for the growth hacking episode you've been asking for. Uh, if you would like to get in touch, you can do so. And we encourage that. You can send us an email to hello at independence.fm. And you can also find the three of us occasionally being social and antisocial on Twitter as the day might require. Uh, you can find me as parrots. That's the plural of the bird. I'm eat a duck I must. And I am jelly bean soup. And we will talk to you all again in two weeks. Goodbye.